It's Pentecost Sunday, sisters and brothers, and this is The Word in the World. Welcome to the show. I am Paula's father, Stephen Bell, the Associate Director of the St. Thomas More Newman Center. And here on The Word in the World, we aspire to give you insights and inspiration from the Sunday readings from both the theological and mostly a practical point of view. I am pleased to have on the show with me today, Karen Broering, who is the Director of Liturgy for the St. Thomas More Newman Center. This continues our our expose of the pastoral ministers of the, of the St. Thomas More Newman Center. Hey, Karen. How's it going? It's going pretty well. How are you doing? I'm excellent. Thanks excellent. for having me. Thanks for being on the show. How about you tell a little bit about yourself to the brothers and sisters in Radio Land? Well, I'm excited you asked me for Pentecost Sunday because I have always felt my life is very spirit-led. Um, I have a lot of interest in music and uh, somehow took a left turn into pastoral ministry and have just loved it. And um, so I'm happy to be here and... Um, your love of music actually is very much exuded in the way that you sing. Oh, Sister Brother, she has a beautiful voice and a very talented gift for crafting wonderful and prayerful liturgies. It's been a oh. wonderful pleasure to work with you. Well, thank you. That's there are some gifts I have and there are some, some gifts I don't. So <laughs> Amen. And and what a wonderful them. segue into our readings for yes, this week. Yes. <laughs> so here we are celebrating Pentecost, the uh, the the proverbial birthday of the church. It's a time when the Holy Spirit comes down upon the people of God and fills them with the abilities and empowers us with the grace to be able to renew the face of the earth by bringing forth the kingdom of God through our own unique talents and gifts. Now, as is our tradition, we ask our guests to decide what reading we want to take a look at. And Karen, you have decided on the second reading. Yes. Would you like to give us a little bit of that reading? Sure. Brothers and sisters, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different forms of service, but the same Lord. There are different workings, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. As a body is one, though it has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free persons, and we were all given to drink of the one spirit. Amen. Thank you. So this comes from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, where he's telling the church and us his theology about the Holy Spirit and also about the unified notion of the body of Christ and how it finds its great richness in the diversity of, of parts and people. So why did you choose this reading? Um, I think I it's kind of I love St. Paul and the letters in the, to the Corinthians. Um, you know, he's really trying to help people understand the the generosity and the abundance of all that God gives. And with these gifts of the Spirit, um, you know, as they were starting to kind of see these different gifts unfold. Um, and I, I think we really see that in in every every community and every workplace and, and how everyone has different gifts and you mm -hmm. need to be able to work together and acknowledge yeah. 
I, I have this gift. I don't have this gift. And that's why we work well together. Yeah. Um, I remember actually a, a spiritual director once saying to me, learn how to stay in your lane and appreciate that. So instead yes. of wanting to experience or exercise the kind of gifts that you see other people exercising, not thinking that your own gifts and talents are sufficient, first and foremost, be proud of what God has made you to be and be proud of what God has endowed you with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be very happy about that and then start moving from there to to exercise and to hone your gifts so I really like that yeah yeah um what you know this this whole way of uh starting out this particular passage from Paul says that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit I think that might be the first evidence for us to understand the residence of the spirit within our souls so to the extent that we can even see Jesus as being the Lord, to which we respond with amen and hallelujah and our yes to discipleship is evidence, is enough evidence, according to Paul, that the Holy Spirit is indeed with us. Amen. And I really like that. I like that it isn't, um, it isn't just us alone that even goes to the Lord, but the Spirit brings us there. I love that. And then oh. I think that's I think that's a really great way too because as the church was expanding and they're like, "Well, I'm taking this on your word, so how mm-hmm. do I know?" Mm-hmm. Holy okay, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit here too. So this is not just by your word. I'm now yeah. in this and um, and feeling that and saying Jesus is Lord and so let's go forward with it. Yes, indeed. And and recognizing that you know, our brothers and sisters who also say that Jesus is Lord is moved by that same spirit is a way by which we can identify the primordial unity of the body of Christ. You know, even though we may not do things the same way or see the world the same way, can we see evidence of the spirit using our realities to bring us closer to the Lord and give us what it is that we need to be good disciples of the Lord. And um, by what he says in just that first line uh, helps us to see that if we're open to it. And that univerti- uni- unity and diversity yes. again. I love that. I really love that. I used to tell people that, uh, that we're not made to be robots. To, to understand ourselves as uniform is to discount what God has actually made. Uh, to understand that ourselves as needing to have the exact same things in the exact same ways may seem to be neat if you look at it from more litigious or or um, a black and white perspective, not to be at all pejorative to that way of looking at things, but to understand that there's just so much more, there's so much more richness, and that that individuality and even in that individuality, really discovering the graces of unity uh, means to be open to the other. Exactly. So amen. And then it moves into the different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit, uh, certainly re-emphasizing that piece of, of, of unity, but also kind of showing forth a great strength. And as you say, not having the same gifts as others, uh, but really kind of being aware of your own gifts I don't know. I think sometimes that's the big challenge, you know, for disciples is understanding, you know, what it is that they can do, particularly if they look and see somebody doing something great. They're like, oh, I can't do that. You almost have to be vulnerable to yourself to say. Say more about that because I agree. (laughs) Yeah, I think that there's a, um, a, a knowing of oneself to say, 
I can do I can do this and I can do this well and therefore mm-hmm. I need to, I need to be able to do this to feel good about myself and to share this mm-hmm. and so I love I love singing at mass because that's that's a way that I feel fulfilled in using my gift and being able to um, to share that with others mm-hmm. and you know the same thing uh, I I feel very um, I like to be very present with people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the the downside of my gift is I don't have the gift of being on time. I just, I just don't. I apologized to my boss, but I, I am very present in a moment and, and give everything to that. But some, sometimes that makes me late for the next moment. And part of how I make peace with that is to say, this is, I'm using my gift here because I know my gift is here, even if sometimes yeah. that means my gift is not over here. I don't know <laughs> so, if you know much about the, uh, the difference, the cultural differences between monochronistic and polychronistic cultures. So monochronistic are those that that uh, that understand the. Um, I'm going to really kind of gloss over this for all of you sociologists who know this very well. But it's basically saying that there is great value in in working on a schedule. That's when you kind of ensure that people are on the same page that are moving in the same direction that makes sense having that understanding but then there are polychronistic societies that believe that it's not about the schedules but about the relationships and so it's all okay that's me yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) right there (laughs) and so how can we continue to foster the greatest value which is the interpersonal connection which is kind of deepening the the um the, the unity of the relationship that is found. Mm-hmm. And not to say that, that one excludes the other, it's just a different way of kind of going about it. And sometimes one yeah. is needed and sometimes I the agree. other is needed. So that's where agree. you find that balance of working together. Yes, yes indeed. So I agree. I'm, I'm also very polychronistic in the way that I think about things and go about life. I, I mean, I naturally have to be monochronistic and, and on time for certain things you know mass can't start whenever i'm ready it starts at the designated time there it is but at the same time understanding that my uh my greatest gifts are oh i'm not gonna say that either i was gonna say that my greatest gifts are exercised in in a polychronistic format but that's not necessarily true i think that they're both and i think as i find that my greatest gifts are exercised when there is an opportunity to deepen a relationship to really proclaim those tenets of unity and peace and harmony and love uh that's when i that's when i find myself greatly strengthened Mm-hmm. Oh, and you can feel it inside when you're like, yes, yes, this is where I was meant to be in this moment and in this conversation or this relationship. Yes, this yes, was it. Indeed. So I have a question, though. Sure. In as much that you sing so beautifully, you are, of course, aware that there are people who hear you sing who wish that they could exude the kind of talent or the confidence and talents that you exude. And... And not being able to see that, decide to shrink or to kind of give up on themselves or to continue the uh, I'm not that good, you know, way of thinking. What do you have to say to them, particularly those who witness your talents? Um, well, first off, there are many talents that you have that I may not be able to see. Mm-hmm. This one's kind of a public one, singing mm-hmm. And yes, uh, I would be lying if I told you I was a bad singer, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's denying the gift. Amen. And so, you know, I want to, I want to acknowledge the gift and to use the gift in, in service of the community. Um, 
but to really encourage the other person, or especially when they, they comment, I'll say, thank you, God is so good to give me this gift that I can share it. I'm sure you have many gifts that you can share as well. Mm-hmm. And so to say, you know, just because you can see my gift, that, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you don't have any, you know, right. to, it might be, it might be a, a totally different, you know, how you, um, you might have the gift of making people feel welcome or honestly, how to give a compliment because I'm not that good at that. And so, <laughs> you know, even that you felt comfortable to approach me, that, that that's a gift in and of itself. Amen. And so there's lots of uh, ways that you you are shining yes. um, that, uh, that are just different than mine. Well, see, and I think that that's the difference there. And the way in which you exercise your talents is not for self-aggrandizement. But it really is to inspire people to to shine forth in their giftedness oh, as very well. Much. And so I think having that intentionality behind the way that we exercise and minister our with our gifts um, also also speaks. It preaches its own homily to people who are sitting out there wondering, "What can I do?" Well, even even so much in in that reading from First Corinthians, mm-hmm. so also Christ, Saint yes. Paul is saying. You know what? We've got these gifts. We're excited about these gifts, but we need to make sure of how they're used because God didn't give it to you to be your own little thing, but to be um, now sending the mission forward of telling people um, and bringing Christ to the world. Mm -hmm. Okay, we've got these gifts. Here's the way, the the form where how we're going to use these. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's one, that's the first thing that anyone who is doing any sort of discernment or survey of their own giftedness should consider is that Christ has given you an, a unique skill set, if you will, to, for the purposes of going forth and building the kingdom, of showing forth the face of God to all of those who really wish to see it. I think that there has to be some understanding that Christ has specifically deemed you to do this special thing. And if you don't do it, nobody else is going to be able to do it as well as Christ has empowered you to do it. And so then it runs the risk of not being done, which is a big hindrance, I say, to the strength and the furtherance of the kingdom of God. So for everybody who is out there wondering, you know, what kind of gifts that I can get and, and you know, to, to really kind of take it from that one perspective versus taking it from the perspective of seeing so many problems in the world that need attention and do I have the giftedness to attend to those problems? I think that that's a, that, that's a, um, a very harmful way of getting into discerning your own gifts. Now, once you've discerned them and once you've exercised your gifts, then it becomes an appropriate question to ask, what is the world in need of that I can possibly give? Uh, where are, where are the, the places of darkness, the places of woundedness that I can you know, really kind of bring what Christ has given me to, to bring forth a sense of healing or a sense mm-hmm. of light? What can I do here where I am with the people I'm around? Yes. And you know, start there. Yes. What do you think holds people back? Uh, fear. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, as I said in the, uh, before, that I, I feel very spirit-led. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, a lot of that comes in nudgings of trying a thing or, or going here or seeing a person and saying, oh, you need to talk to them. Mm-hmm. I am terrified of that. 
Mm. I am introverted, and I, what do you mean, go talk to somebody I don't know? And <laughs> and, I, and all many of those conversations have, have led to wonderful things and, and sure. friends that, um, you know, I now have. But that's kind of a weird little voice to say, you need to go over and they they look concerned about something. You need to see if everything's okay. And you're like, but I, I don't know them. I don't know their problems. But yeah. um, but being open to that spirit and, and just kind of going with it has really shown me the power of God working in those situa- situations. Amen. Yeah. I kind of know that too when um, when I go into, well, let me, let me start here. I have great faith in the Holy Spirit's ability to give what is needed to attend to the situation provided that I'm open to it, provided that I don't simply rely on my own understanding of my talents. If I walk into a situation, and particularly one that I'm not familiar with, or even one that I know is going to be very challenging, the measure to which I walk into that situation knowing my partnership with the divine allows myself to, uh, allows me to surrender to the Holy Spirit doing the work. And sisters and brothers, I am a witness that it worked for me every single time, every time I've done that. Every single time I've done that, without fail. I've done that when I've gone into hospital rooms of people who are actively dying. I've, I've done that when I've gone into very contentious arguments and situations between people that, that never before saw any sort of, revol- uh, of resolution. I've done that in in broken family situations, in horrible scenarios of injustice, uh, in, in the face of blatant evil. I've I've done that uh, because I know <laughs> firsthand that Stephen and even Father Steve can't go in there with his intention of justice and That's righteousness right, yeah. for all. Get a cape. I, exactly. It, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. But if Father Steve goes in under and with the power of the Holy Spirit, prayed upon, depended upon, and surrendered to, then it, it, it works out. I mean, and it doesn't work out like a TV show. It doesn't work out like within the half an right. hour span. Sure. <laughs> it's, sometimes it's a planting of a seed. It's exactly and I may that. not see it, the whole resolution, yes. but I was like, okay, I know I needed to be there to push that person down that path. Yes, yes. I know that because of what has happened, we've taken a, one more step towards, a, towards goodness, towards light. Uh, and no steps backwards. I'm, I'm very happy to report that that since I've done that really authentically and very humbly, uh, thank you, Jesus. It's worked Amen. out well. <laughs> it's worked That's out. That's right. Well. well, at this point of the shows, uh, Karen. Yeah, by the way, if you're just joining us, I'm here with the amazing Karen Boring, who's our director of liturgy at the St. Thomas More Newman Center. We're talking about First Corinthians reading, the second reading for this weekend. And here we have the point where we talk about our challenge that we're going to give to our brothers and sisters. And so it's a challenge that uh, they can do within a week's time, a challenge that reflects our Christian values and one that is derived from the readings. I think we just said it. To pray, to be open to that nudging of the Spirit. Mm. I know that the first reading talks a lot about the strong driving wind and, mm. and the, the flames, but so often it's the, it's the quiet voice mm. that speaks to mm. us, and it's like, do you have the courage? So pray for mm. that courage to, to be open to 
a new situation or that nudging of the Holy Spirit and just mm -hmm. see what happens. Amen. Amen. I'm going to add to that challenge that to understand that God has selected you, whoever you may be, God has pointed you out and touched you individually to say that you have been specifically endowed and blessed and empowered to share forth goodness in on behalf of the kingdom of God and to the glory of his name. And maybe take the risk, not listen to fear's dialogue, as you say, mm -hmm. and rather listen to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. And and after your musing, after your reflection, after your discernment, act. Do something. That's the thing, the mission. <laughs> Go forward. It's action. Amen. Amen. Well, let's move on to prayer, shall we? Sure. How do you like to pray these days? Um, I am a little nerdy, and I really like hearing <laughs> the the background behind the readings. And so for me, it's it's understanding that background really helps me dive into the readings to know what that intent was and be able to kind of pray with the scripture throughout you. the week. So. Okay, I'm not going to accept nerdy. I'm just going <laughs> to accept the fact that you are intellectually moved. There you go. <laughs> Which is going to be a great... Um, a great word for all of our listeners who are more intellectually uh, into the scriptures to hear. I take that gift happily. <laughs> amen. Amen. And we need it. <laughs> we need it. I mean, the scriptures approach and, and, and the way in which the word of God resonates with people is through heart, soul, body, and mind. Amen. So go for it, my sister. That's excellent. <laughs> That's excellent. Um, have you ever done Lexio Divina? I have. I do. Yeah. So I, I used to take, and, and every time when I do Alexio Divina, I always take an intellectual approach to that. Is what what is God particularly speaking to me from the from the from the intelligence from what I know, from how I process things, mm -hmm. and uh, and kind of move that into a sense of prayerfulness. Who would you like to pray for? Oh. For, um, specifically for um, people who are searching for God, kind of you know, wanting wanting but afraid to listen for the Holy Spirit, um, especially um, two of my siblings are kind of away from the church, and mm -hmm. and so, you know, I, I keep them in my, my prayers to be open to that Holy Spirit mm -hmm. to lead mm -hmm. them back. Um, and actually, right now I'm praying for my son who has a double ear infection, so yeah. we're all very sad at home. Oh, oh, amen, amen. Yeah, let's pray for him. By the way, you're the mother of four. Three. Three, three. three boys. Oh, my goodness. I added another one on there. <laughs> three boys, yeah. And and they're just adorable, absolutely adorable. But I as think a, so. as a mother of three, you don't have much time to be on time. I want to kind of go back to what you said about being polychronistic. I, I think kids move at a very different pace, and yes, you have do. to be present to that. And it, it is a working towards how to how to be on time and how to find yeah. your shoes. But um, <laughs> that you you do at certain ages, four year olds especially, you well, kind of have to move with them. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I think you are a model mom. Oh, thank I love you. the way that you have incorporated your children into your ministerial life in such a way that is not distracting or, or overbearing, 
but it's just you know it, it's form it's formative it's very formative and I love seeing it I really do so kudos to you for Thank that you. for not keeping your gifts to yourself and making the the very first ministry to your family as well as you do I think that's really great I'm very thankful for them they're yeah. they're good kids and I have a wonderful husband and amen good support system in my mom and family amen so. amen great great um, I want to add to I want to I want to pray uh, also for people who are discovering their gifts but particularly those and I think I've made this prayer before on the show those who are unfortunately bound and subdued by fear. Mm. Uh, it, is, it is. It is. It's a, it's a real thing. And, and certainly I, we can't be so flippant about it as to say that it's just as easy as, as saying yes to the Lord or no to fear. But it really does require some work. It really requires it work. And I think the first thing about that is making sure that you're in the right environment to get the kind of support that you need, whether through friends, through professional help, through spiritual or pastoral counseling, whatever you need to be able to confront that voice of fear with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Not Amen. instead of, but with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, we, we pray that you find that. We pray that you do that. Uh, because that's going to be the, the effect of great change. So for all of you brothers and sisters out there who have to deal with fear on a very personal level and one that has really kind of ingrained itself into your, your self-dialogue, uh, the Holy Spirit is still calling. That's still small voices out there. So find the support that you need to be able to hear it. And what are you thankful for these days? Oh, I'm definitely thankful for my, my family Amen. and... Um, Honestly, this is Ohio, so every every warm, beautiful day we have here just really lifts my spirits to, yeah. to be outside and enjoy that after yeah. the winter. Yeah. Uh, I told listeners last week that this is going to be my last show, our last show, The Word, Word in the World. And one of the things I am going to miss is summers in Ohio because it's festival season. Yes. So many reasons to get out and to enjoy every this weekend. wonderful season. Every weekend. Something. something going on that just gets us... In the, in the company of the diverse people of God. Um, and I'm thankful for that opportunity to see how God works, particularly in Columbus, Ohio, uh, with, the, with the different, with the different um, I guess, perspectives, hobbies, uh, outreach, uh, celebrations that actually go on. It's a, it's a way for us to see the diversity of, of God's people in action. So, it is. Um, yeah, so very thankful about that and, and, a, and a plug for people to take more advantage of that if you possibly can. Columbus has a lot to offer. I agree. I agree. Well, how about we say a prayer for the ones that we pray for and a prayer of gratitude for those who we're thankful for with, um, it's, um, it's June. We've, we've passed the, uh, the, the month of Mary, but we still love our blessed mother. Uh, how about we do this? Let's do the come Holy Spirit prayer. And then we will uh, end it with the Our Father. Okay, so it begins, Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall, shall be created, and you, you shall renew the face of the earth. earth. Our Father, who, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Amen. And sisters and brothers, I want to thank you for these uh, five, well, six months of being with you every Sunday morning at 930 to talk about how the Word of God speaks to our lives on a very practical level. It has indeed been my great pleasure to be your host of The World in the World. Well, Father Steve, thank you for sharing your gifts here in this ministry with Word in the World. Well, thank you, thank you, I appreciate that. And I wanna also thank our producers, Dennis Cometti and Brett Johnson for their work in making this show a reality every week. And I wanna thank all of you brothers and sisters out there for your prayers, for your listening ear, and for your open hearts. May the gifts that the Holy Spirit empowers in you bring forth a greatness to our world that makes the world a better place and indeed renews the faith of the face of the earth. In the meantime, know that I will continue to be praying for you as I ask for your prayers. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine his light upon you in all things. God bless sisters and brothers.